Mission Daily, and I'm your host, Chad Grills. I'm joined by Ian Faison. What's going on, man? Nothing much. I'm happy to be here. And today's episode is about virtual reality. Specifically, if you've read or watched the movie Ready Player One, you might like it. We're talking about the book, about the movie. And there is a really important reason that we want to talk about virtual reality. What's that, Chad? (laughs) Glad you ask. Virtual reality is a really important topic because we are all creating our own reality with our language, with our words, with our choices. But never before in history have there been so many people that are building digital worlds, digital media, and virtual worlds. And what's really crazy right now is that people are inviting us into their virtual worlds, whether it's uh, their social media the thing that they've created, uh, virtual reality experience, augmented reality. Uh, there's so many different people that are marketing a different type of reality. And we all need to become proficient and practice that skill of building our own realities and questioning the nature of the realities that we're currently living in. Uh, and it's a, it's a really big challenge. It's a tough issue, but I think that we can shed some new insights into it. I agree. I think the future of virtual reality has been coming for a long time. Yeah. I mean, since whatever you name it, but we've been doing this for a long time now. And I think every year it's kind of like, oh, well, it's here or it's almost here. It's almost here. It's almost here. And I think that there's kind of like that expectation kind of comes with a little bit of dread. And it's what the reality is, is that it might already already be here. And that's why I'm talking about Ready Player One. So to start off, we're going to give a quote from Terrence McKenna. Cultures are virtual realities made of language. So if you haven't listened to any of Terrence's rants or raves, I highly recommend them. Who's Terrence McKenna? Terrence McKenna was a uh, philosopher and a psychonaut, best way to describe him. He was actually, uh, he called Berkeley his home for quite a few years. Right Right down down the road road from me. It is. And he was uh, an explorer of many different worlds. And one of his best insights is that he was he was really excited about virtual reality in the early days. So uh, I think like early 90s, late 80s, uh, he was a big champion of it. But what was most interesting about what he discovered is that he he viewed culture and cities as a type of virtual reality. It's very different from the natural world. And everybody was thinking about what's this virtual space going to be like? And he was kind of pointing everybody to the direction that you're already living inside a virtual reality. You're already wearing that overcoat or that outfit of culture that's dictating how you think, how you, the available words that you have to choose. And he was just a big proponent that before you entered a virtual space, you might want to think about the words and the type of space you're already living in. So Ready Player One was originally a book. Yes. And then, or yeah, uh, Ernest Klein wrote an excellent nostalgia fueled book called Ready Player One about a young boy who spends most of his time in an online virtual world called The Oasis. It takes place in the year 2045, and the young guy is basically like devoting his life to finding an Easter egg that the creator of the game has hidden. Uh, The creator of the game has left his inheritance, all of his money for the person that first finds, I think, the three Easter eggs. I'm getting it right. And so he spends all his time being uh, a gunter, like looking for the Easter eggs. Not unlike the mixed up files of Basil E. (laughs) Frankweiler or whatever it was, where she's hunting for... That guy. What a great story theme, though. The, like the it whole, is like, great. The yeah. treasure hunt type thing. It, it doesn't get old. You know who else is treasure hunting is uh, the Man in Black in Westworld. Yes, yes. And so Westworld is another great example because it's uh, 
a virtual reality slash augmented reality type creation. And uh, theme parks are a great example of a physical virtual reality that we can enter. I love I love zoos. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I do too. I just almost yelled that. Uh, and the Portland Zoo does a really good job of they have like a section. Have you been? Not to Portland's. Oh. Uh, anyways, they have a section that's like just like the Portland wildlife, which is funny because I was visiting Portland. I'm like, I could just go into the wildlife. But it was really cool because you because you see the actual uh, thing. But anyways, that's it was a virtual reality of, uh, you know, it was a man-made thing obviously but it was like wow this is really cool this is all the animals and the flora and the fauna that are in this area it's like this is like a ridiculous ridiculously cool exhibit and the oakland zoo is making like a california kind of area but anyways really cool and so when we're entering a zoo or a place like that it's very we're very aware of the starting point and the stopping point of like we enter a new world then we exit that old world uh but what's happening now is so many different virtual worlds are becoming they're slowly trickling out into our daily life, whether it's like a social media uh, platform or anything like that. And Ready Player One was a fantastic example of what happens when uh, somebody becomes really interested in questioning the nature of why something exists. Why why are things the way they are? And as uh, Wade investigates more and more, he starts to figure out secrets and form alliances and goes on great adventures. And in the end, he basically you know realizes the right balance between spending time in the virtual world and spending time in the quote unquote real world. And I think that that balance is something that we're all looking for. And we're looking for tips about how to enter that virtual space or the online world um, without losing too much of our humanity and being able to separate, to unplug um, and get, yeah, get some respite from all that technology. Also your muscles atrophy if you spend too much time, (laughs) but if you're trying to get swole, virtual reality is not a great place to, to spend. That's true. So here's a quote from Steve Jobs. He, okay. Yeah. This this is really really cool because he was like basically hinting at yeah yeah. So when you when you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your life is, and you just live your life inside the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice little family life. Have fun. Save a little money. That's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact: everything around you that you call life was made up by people who are no smarter than you and you can change it and you can influence it. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. So this is a call to action to start to build your world, start to build uh, whether you want to consider it a virtual space or whether you want to have create new barriers and new rules for your world. Um, start, Start today, start doing something small. And it's by starting the process of, you know, maybe using your language a bit differently, that you shape the space that everyone else spends time in. Uh, You can use your words to empower and invite others. And when you do, things in the room literally change. Uh, So I want to know what you think about uh, the, what's it called? Like not social echo, echo chamber, but first let's give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Audible. Audible.com slash the mission. You can go there and get one free book. Uh, we're talking about Ready Player One. I have, you could go get that. You, you could go get that. Definitely recommend Klein. read it before you watch the movie, right? Oh, without a doubt. The the movie and the book are just so or different. Listen to it. I I really enjoyed the movie. Spielberg did an excellent job with it, but uh, Ernest Klein, the author of Ready Player One, did a great job. Uh, the narrator of the Audible book is a guy named Will Wheaton, who's done a number of just stellar jobs on audiobooks. So it doesn't it doesn't hurt if you have a great 
world class narrator. Yeah. So great. I know a great narrator sitting right next to me. <laughs> he, Narr- does what, he, narrates, he does what he can. He narrates the story podcast. So head over to audible.com slash the mission and grab Ready Player One or any other book today. You can also text the mission to 500-500 and get a free audio book and support independent media like the mission in the process. Okay, so how do you view this kind of echo chamber thing? Because I think this is like one of the biggest virtual realities that are around us. Is that like, people love to enter and stay in for their whole life and, and the, don't take that headset of ideology or yeah, the echo chamber. Off. Well, and now, but now with digital, it's like even the yeah. algorithm wants you to be in the echo chamber. So, like the Facebook's algorithm. Or, well, that's what's so disturbing is all of these platforms are rewarding, and they're really hungry for people who stay in one certain type of demographic or marketing vertical for their whole life. Well, and so what's also crazy about that is like, and I hear this sometimes, we're like, man, I I see the mission all the time on Twitter. And I'm like, great, thank you, because that's how you can find our stuff at the Mission HQ. But uh, <laughs> um, no, but it, but I think that it's like one of those things where like, wait, why does the algorithm show them that much of our stuff or whatever? Because the algorithms only show generally between like whatever, like five and 15% of your different followers and all that sort of stuff. But the idea is like, how are certain people that you've engaged with that you continually see their stuff all the time? And and, and if you notice, you follow someone on Facebook or, or Twitter, and I do not have the stats to back this up, but um, but it's you can just you can just check it. If you follow someone brand new and then you like like a few of their tweets or a few of their posts or whatever, you'll start to see their stuff instantaneously showing up in your newsfeed more and more and more. And it favors that sort of thing of like once you follow someone, it wants you to be like, oh, here is that person to start getting their stuff. That is a virtual reality in, in that is created by you with pretty limited understanding of like what actually are going into the inputs of yes. that. Yes, yeah. And it's shaping everything potentially that like if, if you're seeing something and if you're encountering it and spending time there, it's going to shape how you interact with everybody else, all the decisions you make throughout the day. Uh, and it's really hard as individuals and you know, we don't have like the massive resource of like really large corporations behind us. So it's very hard as individuals to realize and run basically like split tests on how things go when we either are engaging in that or when they're not, um, especially because these things are so highly addictive. But Chen. Yes. Do you ever question the nature of, nature of your reality? <laughs> I do. I think it's a really uh, fun thought experiment. And um, whether it's, you know, Anthony Hopkins or, <laughs> have or you found Bernard the asking, of the maids? Uh, Dolores. Um, so Westworld, what a fantastic example of something that's coming down the pike. And it's just a powerful thought experiment of presenting what's coming. And now we're all in a position where we can choose because there are plenty of people that would like a Westworld to exist. want to do this. Uh, I'm going to do this really sweet quote from Ernest Klein about why he created it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because this is a great segue into uh why I love Ready Player One so much. So okay. yeah, let's do it. So Ernest Klein said, I created the Oasis because I never felt at home in the real world. I didn't know how to connect with the people there. I was afraid for all of my life, right up until I knew it was ending. That's when I realized as terrifying and painful as reality can be, it's the only place where you can find true happiness because reality is real. And so this quote just reminds me of my own experiences when I look back at my younger life and realizing that I had literally isolated myself in pretty much a virtual world where I was protecting myself from challenges and imaginary struggles that uh, I I never 
never even like really faced. They never even came about. And it was basically just a, uh, a fear of the unknown that kept me in a very limited and a very s- small space. Um, so I just, I love this quote because it's uh, by the author, obviously by Ernest Klein, but he's, um, I believe it is the creator of Oasis is reflecting on his own life, why he created the virtual world in the first place. And he's just coming to the conclusion that, yeah, the real world was too hard. So he invented a virtual world and fake world to live in. But the thing is, you don't have to create a virtual world to get stuck in one because yeah. like there's one that's seven ninety nine a month and it's called Netflix. And like <laughs> you can dive into endless worlds at this point yeah. over and over and over again. And you can, I think we just published something in the mission about a study that was shown that like, you know, X amount of people in the world, like a fourth of the people uh, or in America, I think are spending like 20 more 21 or more hours indoors a day or something like that. Like you're talking about, and this is something we talked about with direct experience in the first episode that you have to go have these experiences and you cannot. And like we create media, we love telling stories that empower people to go do actual things in the world. You cannot just sit there and, you know, play video games or, you know, watch other people's work for your entire life. Like the point is you have to go like use that as a frame of reference to go do things that you want to do. And we talked about evolutionary biology in the last episode and previous ones a little bit and why getting outside is so important is like that has the reason we're here is because of our direct experiences in nature the reason like we can tolerate sunlight and all the radioactive craziness that we go through on a daily basis uh we've learned to survive through it but that's what's helped us evolve that's what has spurred mutations and uh you know randomness and novelty and stuff like that happens outside of the house in the real world And it's a great teaser for next episode because we're going to be talking about one of the benefits of being outside in general next episode. Yes. So the thing I want to leave everyone with is what is the nature of your reality? What type of world are you building? What type of virtual worlds do you live in? Do you travel through? And ultimately, what type of real world do you want to build? I love it. Thanks so much, everyone. See you guys. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.